Feels good to be in God's house today, doesn't it? So there was a little boy. He was sitting on the steps eating candy just as fast as he could unwrap it. A man passing by said, what are you doing, son? He said, all that candy's not good for you. He said, that's going to destroy your dinner. And the little boy said, well, I don't know about that. He said, but my grandpa lived to be 102 years old. And the man said, your grandpa lived to be 102 years old by eating candy? And the little boy said, no, by minding his own business. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's funny. So what I want to talk to you about today is how to thrive in chaos. How to thrive in chaos. I hope that I have something that's going to add value to your life through the word of the Lord. What I want to do is, is I want to take this lesson from the book of Mark chapter 5, and I'm not going to read it, but you can get home and you can read it, okay? So Mark chapter 5 is where I'm taking my text from. May the Lord bless you. And I pray that you will receive his word. You can be seated. So there is this man. He's in Mark chapter 5. And he is a demon-possessed man. And he's living a very chaotic life. He lives among the tombs, the Bible says. And he walks among the dead. The scripture tells us that this man is always crying. And that he is always cutting himself. So all of his actions are totally self-destructive. He is living a very chaotic life. And the people didn't know what to do with this man. So the Bible says they put him in shackles, but then he broke the shackles. Then they put him in chains and he broke the chains. And then they continued to try to subdue him, but he had this really, he had demonic strength and the chains and the shackles and no one, the scripture says, could subdue him. So let's put this in today's terms. They tried to put him in prison and prison couldn't hold him. They tried to put him in rehab and rehab didn't rehab him. They tried everything that they knew to try to get this man contained and literally nothing they did was the answer to the problem. And the reality is, brothers and sisters, just as it was 2,000 years ago, not much has changed because society still doesn't have the answers for the world's problems. Stay with me. You know what we do with criminals? We lock them up. And then we put ankle bracelets on them. And then we've got some very lenient judges in this community. And they may spend a night or two or a few months in jail and they're back on the street two or three months, a year or two later, doing the same crimes. Because we don't have the solution to the world's problems. And so they just keep going back and committing the same old crime over and over. So with all of our technological advances and everything else, we still can't change the human heart. What I present to you this morning is no answer that society has. We can make all of these laws. We can try to have rehab and reform. And I'm not against any of it. But here's what I'm going to tell you. No one but Jesus can give you a heart transplant. No one but Jesus can take that angry heart, that criminal heart, that bitter heart, and give you a heart of love, give you a heart of peace, give you a heart of joy. And I don't know about you, but I'm going to just preach to me. I need a heart transplant this morning because I look around my world, and when I look around my world, I can start spiraling downward based off of what I see. Because I just come, y'all know me, I'm transparent and I'm going to be honest with you. When I look at what I see right now, our American leadership is spiraling downward. We are teaching critical race theory to a bunch of kids and we're now trying to teach a kid what is a boy and what is a girl. Give them just enough time, they're going to figure that out. 
we're trying to tr teach all this transgender stuff and we're, we're wanting to give kids medicine to help them, you know, in this transgender. Starting to give it to them at the age of six. Brothers and sisters, I don't care how much you try. There's not 23 different transgenders. There's only two. God made you a male or a female. Can I get a witness? I mean, you know, all that is going on in our society. We got war in the Ukraine. We've got huge surges in crime, especially in our metropolitan cities. And society does not have the answer for it. They don't. They do not have the solution. And can I just tell you that the enemy was behind the driving force of the chaos in this man's life? And I don't go looking for a devil behind every corner, but I'm going to tell you the truth. If you are living in chaos, the enemy is behind it. I'm going to tell you right now, if you are living in chaos and you feel like you are just spiraling downward, the enemy is behind it. If you are feeling hopeless this morning, the enemy is behind the hopelessness that you feel. If you don't have peace in your life right now, I can promise you the enemy is behind it. If you're a Christian here this morning and you are extremely nervous and always anxious, that is not the Spirit of God. That is the Spirit of the enemy trying to torment you. That man, the Scripture says in Mark chapter 5, was always, you can look at it in the New King James Version, always crying. Something is wrong if you're always crying. Yeah, there are seasons that we do cry, right? There are seasons that we do suffer loss. But we don't want to make a lifestyle out of a season. Something is wrong, brothers and sisters, if you've been crying for three years. You want to be in a fetal position and crawl up in a hole and die. That is not what God wants for me. It is not what God wants for you. Come on, somebody. I think I read in the scripture, John 10 and 10. He said, I have come, speaking of Jesus, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Do you understand that what this man was doing 2,000 years ago is happening today? Cutting themselves? Hey, this is statistics. Girls 11 to 18 years of age are cutting themselves even more than boys. And when you ask them, why are you cutting yourself? Their answer is to relieve a deep pain inside. Trying to cut themselves to relieve the deep pain that is inside. Ladies and gentlemen, can I say it again? It is not God's will for you to cut yourself to relieve the deep pain. He says, why don't you bring me your ashes and I'll bring you beauty. Why don't you bring me your heaviness and I'll bring you a garment of praise. Why don't you bring me your mourning and I'll give you some oil that is joy in your life. I'm talking this morning about how to thrive in a chaotic state. I would love to be able to stand up here and tell you that I think it's going to get better. But according to the scripture, I can't tell you that and tell you the truth. Because the scripture says it's going to wax worse and worse. This is not a negative message. What it is, is we better learn how to thrive in chaos. We better get a Daniel spirit that is upon us that says, even though I'm not in my native state, even though I'm in exile and I'm living under Babylonian captivity, I can still be a vessel. I can still be a light. I can still let God use me in this dark world. Come on, are you with me this morning? I feel my help coming on. Somebody, you need to make up in your mind. I didn't get in this thing to get out. I got in this thing to be saved. And the devil is a liar. I'm going to make heaven my home. And while I'm here, I'm not going to be tormented. I'm not going to cut myself. I'm not going to live in depression. 
Come on now. It's not God's will for us to be tormented. The man was living in a place of the tombs, the Bible says. Get home and read this story. He was living among the tombs. What does that mean to me? It means to me that the devil was trying to get him to die before his time. Hey, it's one thing to go visit the cemetery and talk to your loved ones. It's another thing to live out there. Two different things. Go visit it, but don't live there. And the devil was trying to get him to a place that he should just be visiting. Are you with me? What I'm telling you is this. The enemy was trying to take him out before his time. And the enemy, if you will allow him, here's what the scripture says in John 10 and 10 again. It's, it's above what I just quoted you. But the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. I am not being negative this morning. I just want to make you aware. If you are a Christian, if you're born again, you got a target on your back. And the enemy does not like you. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill all of your relationships. He wants to destroy your peace. Make no mistake about it, ladies and gentlemen. Behind the chaos in your life is the enemy. It's the enemy. God doesn't want that for you. He wants peace in your home. He wants peace in your marriage. Do we all have our ups and downs? Sure we do. But that's not the lifestyle of a marriage that God wants for us. Can I get a witness? See, the scripture says this. He is not a God of the dead. Can I preach this morning? This is why I appreciate all of you that praise God. Because church should not be a service where there is no life. There should be praise and worship because he brought us out of darkness into his marvelous light. We've got something to rejoice about. This is bigger than our home team making a touchdown or hitting a home run. This is about once we were sinners, once we were lost in sin. But Jesus picked us up, put his red blood to our black heart and made us white as snow. This is why we praise God. We're not trying to make you uncomfortable. We're just praising God. Because you're going to worship something. You just have to decide what is what it is. What am I going to worship? Can I get a witness in this house? He, he is not the God of the dead. He is the God of the living. But the enemy will try to get every one of us in a state of hopelessness. And so many people, even Christians, are asking themselves right now, what is the point? Really, what's the point? It's such an uncertain world out there. I mean, it all looks bleak. America is in trouble. There is so much tragedy and hurt in America, in our relationships, through divorce and blended families and broken homes. And many of us have come from that. I'm not downing that. It's just where we are. But the enemy wants to try to get a foothold into that and say, you can never come out. You will never be good enough. You'll never amount enough. Your father rejected you. Your grandfather rejected you. You were abused. You're damaged goods. I'm here to tell you, do not believe that lie. Do not believe that lie. Do not believe that lie. So many people are thinking, why should I even bother, Pastor, trying to move forward with my life? I take three steps forward and I feel like I go four back. Why should I even try, Pastor, to improve my circumstances when I don't think it's even going to lead me anywhere? I, I tried that before and it didn't work. And I tried this before and it didn't work. And why should I even believe anything that you say? I've heard preachers preach and I've been prophesied over and none of those prophecies have come to pass. I want to pause right here. Your Bible says that prophecies shall fail. That's what it says. Prophecy shall fail. What do you mean by that? I'm saying that good men who love God have prophesied some things because they really wanted it to happen. But it doesn't matter how much a prophet really wants something to happen and they mean well. If God doesn't say it, God's not going to uphold it. I've had prophets tell me, Wayne, if everything happened to me that was prophesied to me, I'd have three million acres and have three million dollars and have a three million dollar plane. Ain't none of that happened. 
You know why? Because they meant well, right? They wanted that. They were trying to speak something in faith, but God didn't say it. Let me just remind you, if man says it, God doesn't have to uphold it. But if God says it, he's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Prophecies will fail. But guess what? I'm going to keep believing God's word. And if somebody brings something to me in a prophecy, I'm going to hear it. If it resonates with my spirit, I'm going to accept it. And if it don't, I'm going to throw it in the blender. Come on. You say, oh, well, I don't get that. Well, you understand if a, if a professional baseball player goes to the mound and strikes out, they don't fire him. Just because somebody messes up don't mean we ought to fire them. Come on, we're going to give them a little more opportunity to grow and learn and get more accurate in that gift. We all make mistakes. But here's what I want to tell you. If you're going to say, thus say it the Lord, you better be sure the Lord said it. I know that was a little sidebar, but here's what I'm telling you. Just because a prophecy hasn't happened doesn't mean you need to cut it off. God may want to speak a word to you that will ignite your heart and give you some direction and give you a fresh hope and a fresh dream. So despise not prophesying. But listen, if it doesn't come to pass, you hang on to the word of God. Can I get a witness? See, self-doubt arises in all of us. Does it not? No matter how strong we may be. Jesus knows how you feel though. He knows how you feel. The scripture says this, that all of his brothers, that his brothers did not believe in him. Do you realize that the reason why God had to speak to John and say, John, take care of my mother Mary is because the rest of the disciples were not there? Why? Because they abandoned him. His brothers abandoned him. He went to the Garden of Gethsemane and he said, Father, if my purpose can pass from me, if this whole chaotic state can pass from me, then please let it pass from me. He understands the chaos. He understands the betrayal. He understands, ladies and gentlemen, he didn't go from the cradle to the cross and never experience betrayal and lies and hurt and rejection. He understands all of where you are right now. He gets it. He is a high priest that can be touched with the feelings of your infirmities. He can sympathize when you've been rejected, cast down, lied upon, ridiculed and talked about. He gets it, brothers and sisters. And that's why he is a high priest that you can go to and you can communicate to him all of your problems and you can leave it at the cross and you can leave that chaos at the cross and God will let you pick up a peaceful mind. God will let you pick up joy in your spirit. God will let you pick up a fresh love from where you came from. And even though they meant it for your evil, God is going to turn it around and use it as a testimony to bless some Somebody else. Mm. See, not even Jesus can make this earth heaven. I'm going to say that again. Not even Jesus in his physical state can make this earth heaven. Now, he brought heaven down to earth, but he didn't make this earth heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, everything on this earth is broken. The weather is broken, relationships are broken. Marriages have been broken. Hearts have been broken. Lives have been broken. Why? Why, Pastor? Because of one word, S-I-N. Because of sin. And because of sin, we live in a broken planet. Now listen, I want to try to help somebody this morning and help myself. If we are trying to force order and perfection to an imperfect place and an imperfect life, then stress and anxiety and tension is going to occur. I'm going to say that again. If you are trying to make this earth heaven, you are going to feel stress and tension and anxiety. When we are fighting to try to change something that will not change, our blood pressure is going to ramp up. Tension's going to ramp up. Anxiety is going to ramp up. Why? Because we feel like that we don't have control. Okay, I'm going to come down your road. Hey, I see some of you. You're pushing this off to your neighbor. Don't do that. Oh, that's good for you. No, it's good for all of us. 
Come on, somebody. I said it's good for all of us. Mm. A friend just sent this to me. Thank you, friend. He sent this to me. Here it is. Put it up on the screen for me. Grant me the serenity to accept the people I cannot change. The courage to change direction when I see them coming. <laughs> and the wisdom to try not to smack some sense into them when I can't avoid them. Can let you go home right now and you've already been preached to uh, how many know what I'm talking about see that's why you got to take this heart to the altar every day because God has put some difficult people in your life you know why to teach you how to love because you think life is about getting toys God don't think life is about getting toys God thinks life is about you learning how to love I'm going to buy my own tape today. <laughs> do you know what is behind torment? The enemy. But do you know this? The enemy's already defeated. Then you say, why am I having problems? Because you're believing his lies. That's why you're believing his lies. You're getting your eyes on this culture. You're getting your eyes on America and on leadership and everything that is going around us. You're getting your eyes on that. And it's causing you to spiral downward. That's why you got to get your eye on Jesus. He started your story. He's going to finish your story. I'm not getting into that. I'm not getting into the weeds of that. See, see, this is why Satan's already defeated. You're just believing his lies. Right? See, the hardest person to conquer is not your wife and your kids and your grandpa. The hardest person to conquer is yourself. Is yourself. So, brothers and sisters, how do I get out of a chaotic state that I'm in, Pastor? Learn to focus on what you can control. We can control our attitude. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will it's my choice. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I can control my attitude. Some of you are ducking your head because you ain't doing too good of a job of that. You want to try to control your neighbor, but you ain't even controlling what you can control. Hey, y'all, hey, this, I'm fixing, to, I'm fixing to drop a bomb on you. You ready? I figured out how we can solve all the world's problems. I did. I figured it out. You ready? All we got to do is switch problems because you know how to solve my problem and I know how to solve yours. So if we can just switch problems, all the problems could be solved. It's amazing how you know how to solve my problems, but you can't solve your own. It's amazing you know everything wrong with me, but you can't see what's wrong with yourself. Y'all can't believe how fast my mind spins sometimes. What do, what do you mean by that? I'm going to just bring this up to you. You may not like Michael Jackson, but he did sing a song. I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways. Oh, yeah. You don't even want me to go there. Uh, yeah. Some of you need to look in the mirror instead of looking at your husband or looking at your wife or looking at your kids or looking at your grandparents. You need to look at yourself and say, self. <laughs> mm. what, can I can, what can I control? You can control your mind. I cast down every thought. Man, if I can only have sex with him, if I can only have sex with her, boy, I'd be happy. Man, if I could drink that, smoke that, snort this, shoot that. Man, if I could own this, do this, do that, I'd be happy. I'm telling you, it is a lie from the pit of hell. It's a lie. You're believing a lie. Happiness, brothers and sisters, does not come from the outside. You can't snort enough, sniff enough, drink enough. 
can't do it. Can't do it. That's why if you're not happy with yourself, you ain't going to be happy if you get married. Oh, I'm going to preach. Listen, if you got a porn problem and you think, man, if I just get married, all my problems will go away. Listen, if you got a problem now, you'll have a problem then. Why? Because the problem's on the inside. And you've got to control self and say, I'm going to take self to the cross and I'm going to do it every day. Some of you are wanting me to shut up, but I'm not. I'm going to keep being like water on a rock. I'm going to just keep dripping on you. This word's just going to keep coming. I'm going to keep coming. Listen, you can control your mouth. You can control your mind. You can control your mouth. And you can control your attitude. Quit trying to control America and the leadership and the world. You can't, con- you can't do it. Control what you can control. Mm. Uncertainty about how things will turn out tomorrow holds a lot of us back. Well, I'm so uncertain about tomorrow, so it holds a lot of us back from pursuing our life ambitions. And we waste so much time trying to make sure we're on the path that is the right one when the reality is, is God said, Abraham, you go and I will show. See, we're wanting the five-year plan. Here's the bad thing about getting the five-year plan. If you got the five-year plan, then you wouldn't think you need Jesus. Because now I got it figured out. And I got a smart brain and I got logic and I can get this figured out. He didn't say I'm going to give you this day your yearly bread. He said I'm going to give you this day your daily bread. As you go, I will show. He is a shepherd. He wants to lead you every day. Beside the still waters. He wants to restore your soul. Right? And we're trying to find the right path. Oh, is this the right? Is this, 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 this? Just step out there by faith and let the Lord lead you. See, stop. Okay, here we go. You ready? Stop trying to figure out the future and create it. Okay, everybody, do you know how you're most like God? Do you know how you're most like God? How am I most like God? Because you are a creator and not an imitator. You are your most like God because God designed you in His image. And because He designed you in His image, you are a creator. Think about this. The only thing, the only thing that the devil has ever invented was a lie. That's it. He didn't invent anything else. He he invented a lie and it's been working so good for him, he hadn't had to do anything else. But listen, who invented the car? God through man, the plane, the train, the automobile, the radio, the TV, the computer, the internet, the light bulb. Satan didn't do that. Man did that. Why? Because man has God on the inside of him as a creator. God called you to create. Stop worrying about what you can't change. Stop looking, ladies and gentlemen, at what you have lost and start looking at what you have left and create your future because you are created in the image of God. You are a creator, not an imitator. You say, how can I do that, Pastor? Figure out what you want. See, if I pull most people in here and say, what do you want? You look at me and say, I want to be a better mom, better daddy. Mm, You know, I want a couple toys. Most people do not know what they want. The reason why most people do not get what they want is because they don't know what they want. Figure out what you want. You say, how can I do that? Here's what you do. You paint a picture of your future that is so bright You forget your yesterdays and you live in your tomorrows. Because if you don't paint a picture of your future that is so bright, then guess what? You're going to be critical. And you're going to get a very critical spirit. Well, they can't sing like they used to. And those new songs are not nearly as good as those old songs. And man, we used to have some church, but dear God, don't nobody know how to have church no more. I got that keyboard blaring and them drums are beating, dear God. We don't need all that. You know why? Because you ain't painting a picture of your future. 
and you're always looking in your yesterdays and never in your tomorrows. I have made up in my mind. I may not always like everything, but I've made up in my mind I'm not going to be critical. I'm not going to be judgmental. I'm going to be loving. I'm going to be accepting. I'm going to say, hey, you know what? God created this generation different, but it's okay. The methods may be a little different, but the message is still the same. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Okay, I can tell I'm losing some of you. Are you still with me? Yeah. So, okay, Pastor, how do I get out of this chaotic state? Here's what I want you to notice. The man was in chaos. The culture didn't have the answer, but one word from Christ did. One word from Christ had the answer. And if you read, if you read in the text before this, what you'll find is, is that Jesus went through a storm. If you read in Mark chapter 4, you'll read where Jesus went through a storm to get to the other side. Why? Because he was willing to go through a storm to calm this man's storm. Here's what I'm saying. God loves you so much that he went to Calvary so that he could calm every storm in your life so that you can live in love and joy and peace and self-control and not let your mind spiral out of bounds. Can I get a witness? See, but very few people, they either live in the past or they're trying to live in the future, but very few people live in the present. Y'all know how it goes. You're just, you're just eight and you're wanting to be 13. And then you're 13 and you're wanting to be 16 because, man, I can get my driver's license. And then when you're 16, you want to be 18 because then I graduate. And when you're 18, you want to be 21 or 22 so you can get your college degree. And then when you get your college degree, you want to get married. And then when you get married about a year later, you don't want to be married. <laughs> and then you forgive them and say, oh, I want to have kids. Then you have kids and you're like, I can't wait till these kids get out of the house. And then once you get the kids out of the house, you're like, oh my God, retirement is right in front of me. I can't wait to retire. And then you retire and you're sitting in your rocking chair and you're like, I wish I was 24 again. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? And we either live in the past or we're living in the future and we're not living in the present and enjoying the only moment that we have. Brothers and sisters, God does not want you to live in a chaotic state. So, so how do I get out of this chaotic state, Pastor? Okay, Notice what Jesus did. He spoke into the chaos. And He commanded those demons to leave. What, what do I do? You speak. Here's what the Scripture says. That the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. What did the Lord do? Wring His hands? No, he didn't. You know what he did? He spoke, let there be life. He spoke into the chaos. What do I need to do? Here's what I do. I declare I have perfect health in my body. I declare prosperity over my life. Are you with me? I declare favor because one day of favor is worth a lifetime of labor. God can take, hey, listen, it happened right in here. It happened right in here. A man that had been working a job for 12 years, he did a boo-boo, disqualified himself, and the man that had only been working there six months got the job that this man should have gotten, got the raises and the promotion. It wasn't this man's fault. It was this man's fault for making the boo-boo. What are you saying? I'm saying that God took the man in this church and took him from the back of the line and took him all the way to the front of the line because that's what favor does. That's why I pray for favor. God, I declare favor over my life. I declare health over my life. I declare peace over my life. I declare joy over my life. Here's what the scripture says. Decree a thing. You speak what you want. Some of you are focused on what you don't want. Get focused on what you do want. You're focused on what you have lost. Focused on what you got left. You're focused on trying to change Billy and Bob and Susie and... 
like, no, no, no. Try, listen, how hard, how, let's, let's do an honest test here. How hard is it for every one of us to control our physical appetite? Okay, you bunch of storytellers. I'm going to ask you again. By the showing of hands, how hard is it for you to control your physical appetite? There you go. How hard is it for you to say no to that piece of chocolate pie with bluebell ice cream at 9 o'clock at night? Uh-huh, thank you. Do you know how hard it is to control your appetite? That's how hard it is to try to control somebody else. That's why most of the time we don't control our appetites and we go for that cake at nine with that blue bell, right? Can I get some witnesses up in here? You're trying to control somebody. Let's do another honest test. How many of you in this room wish you would have learned some type of instrument? Why didn't you? How many of you, let's do another honest test. How many of you wish that right now in your present life you would exercise more? Why aren't you? Because we can always find excuses. You know why? Because it's not the devil saying, don't exercise. Don't you exercise. You know what it is? It's our flesh that we don't want to discipline to get up 30 minutes earlier to exercise. What are you saying, pastor? What I'm saying is understand how hard it is for you to control your own self. Why are you trying to control the government and your brother and your sister and your family and your boss and your husband and your spouse? You know why you're spiraling downward is because you're trying to control things that you cannot control. You didn't even discipline yourself to learn an instrument. You didn't discipline yourself to exercise. And yet you're wanting everybody else to change. Please nobody shoot the messenger. <laughs> but, but we all come too far to start telling lies and feeding you candy. How? Do I get out of this chaotic state? Control what you can control. Right? Are you with me? Would our, would our musicians come? I, I, gotta, I gotta stop. I, I got to. I'm gonna tell you right now, sweet people, I'm not against you, I am for you. I'm not here to make you do anything. But if you're in chaos, I'm gonna tell you right now, the culture does not have the answer for you. It's not more sex. It's not more drugs. It's not a different bottle. Oh, I used to, you know, I'm just hypothetically speaking. So you used to love JD one time and now you're going to try Hennessy or something. No, it don't, it ain't matter if you switch brands. It's all still the same stuff. You got to switch how you think because you're trying to take everything from the outside to fill the void on the inside and nothing's going to fill it. That's why you get into addictions because you keep trying to feel something that'll never be filled outside of Christ. Because the culture didn't have the answer, but when Christ stepped into that man's life and rebuked every one of those unclean spirits, check out what the Bible says. Then the Bible says this, that the man was clothed and in his right mind. You want to get in your right mind this morning? Invite Christ. You say, but the Lord don't know. Oh, yes, He knows. He knows exactly what you're going through right now. You just thought, I can handle this. I can change them. Oh, yeah, how's that working for you? Not too good, is it? Not too good. Because you can't change anybody. It's hard enough for you to exercise. And what's your own appetite? Much less try to change somebody else. And now you're getting your eyes on Ukraine, getting your eyes on the government, getting your eyes on rising gas prices, surge in crime, critical race theory, all this other stuff that is going on. And you're getting your eyes up on that. And I want to try to refocus you. Get your eyes back on Jesus. 
I'm going to end with this. I'm going to end with this. Here's what scientists say. I don't know if they're telling the truth, but you be the judge. Scientists say that the sun is 664,000 miles wide. No, that's not true. Pardon me. Bleat that. 864,000 miles wide. That's what scientists say the sun is. They say that if the sun was a hollow ball, you could put 109 million earths in the sun. Okay? Now, you can Google that and see if it's true, but don't believe everything you read on the internet. 864,000 miles wide. But guess what you can do? You can take a little six-inch cell phone and you can go outside and you can hold it up in front of your eyes and block out 865,000 square miles of sun. You can block it out. Now, sun's all around it, but you can't see the sun. What are you saying? Some of you are looking at a six-inch problem. Are you sweet brothers and sisters with me? I said, you're looking at a six inch problem and it's causing you to spiral downward because you're looking at what you've lost, not what you have left. You're looking at the people you're trying to change that don't want to change. And you got this six inch problem in front of you and an 865,000 mile wide sun. And what all of us need to do this morning is stop magnifying our problems and start magnifying the greatness of our Savior. Come on, would you stand this morning and give God some praise? I feel the Holy Spirit in here right now. See, here's what I've learned, y'all. Here's what I've learned. The Bible says this. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Now, I know in the context, I got the context. It's talking about his death. If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Okay? But a verse can have more than just one meaning. I also think that it means when I lift him up in my life if I will do the lifting the Bible says I will draw all men unto me see here's why I'm not losing sleep over you at night I'm praying for you I'm fasting for you I was up early this morning praying for you but listen I got I've got a responsibility and that is to lift him up and if I lift him up it's God's responsibility to draw you he said if I do the lifting he will do the drawing What are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that if I make my decision to get this little six-inch problem out of the way and I just start lifting him up, something about what you see in me may start drawing you to say, you know what? I want some of that. I I want some of that. I want to rehearse real quick. Jesus stepped into a situation and when he did, he calmed the man's chaos. What can you do in a chaotic state? Invite Jesus in and let him speak to your chaos and then start declaring what you want. Paint a picture of your future that is so big you forget yesterday and you start walking in your tomorrows. Two other things. Here's what you do. You start replacing every lie with the truth. If God before me drew Who can be against me? The last thing, you decide I'm only going to control what I can't control. I got a pastor calling me right now, counseling with me. You know what I'm telling this pastor? I'm saying, Pastor, I love you. I love you, sir. But you're trying to control people and that's why you're spiraling downward because God never called you to control people. He called you to love people and speak the truth in love and lift him up and then it's God's responsibility to draw 
I'm wondering this morning, is God drawing anybody here this morning? If He is, I tell you what I want you to do. I just want you to step out from where you are. What about, what, what, what are they going to say? Who cares what they're going to say? Who cares what they're going to say? They're not going to stand with you in the day of judgment. Who cares what they think? Doesn't matter. You're not doing this for them. You're doing it for Him. Can I get a witness? The Holy Spirit is here. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here right now. Pastor, how, how do I do this? I'm going to give you instructions. First of all, the first thing you do is you ask God to forgive you for the sins of your mouth. What does that look like? God, forgive me for things I have spoken. Okay? Then God, forgive me for the things I've thought. And then God, forgive me, Lord, for the things I've done wrong in my body. Because what I want is I want your peace. And so I'm going to bring you my angry heart. I'm going to bring you my turmoil heart. I'm going to bring you my confused heart. I'm going to bring you my chaotic heart. And I'm asking you, God, to give me a heart transplant. Now they're going to start singing. And when they start singing, that's what I want you to start doing. Amen. You got it? There's the instructions right there. All over this building. If you don't have to go, please don't go. All over this house. Why don't everybody in this house just lift up your hands right now? Come on. Come on. Come on.
Amen. Everybody, this is Billy. His wife is Bridget. How many kids you got, Billy? Seven. Woo! Everybody say, Lord, blessing. Maybe Lord help him and Lord bless mama is maybe the way we need to say it, right? But Billy was at men's conference Friday night and Friday night was a time where we have towels at men's conference and we anoint the towels and then I pray for each and every one of the men and then they pray for me and it's just a beautiful time. It's absolutely amazing. I love men's conference. It's my most favorite meeting out of all of them. And Billy came up to me and I told Billy, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, I said, Billy, I'm going to tell you, you're not only going to save yourself, son, but you got seven babies. You got seven babies, Billy. That when you're down, you kick yourself in the seat of your pants and say, you know what? I'm going to go to church because I'm going to teach my kids faithfulness. I'm going to teach them how to live for God. I'm going to be out there and I'm going to be worshiping because I'm going to teach my kids how to worship. Because I can't change anybody, but I can sure do it myself. Right? Oh, you got one of them babies wanting to see you. Billy, I'm proud of you, son. Listen, you know what? I hadn't walked your road. I'm not who you are, right? But I do know this. Life's not easy. If it was easy, everybody would be doing it, right? But you're going to make it. Step up here close. I got to have all the baptistry for you. You're a big old boy. You're going to do it. And you know what? All of this now is your family. You're going to be baptized into the body of Christ. This is your spiritual family, right? And what I'm asking everybody that's 70 and older, I've asked you before, I'm going to keep asking you, come up alongside these people. You've been married for 40 years. You've probably learned something. You don't have it figured out, but you probably learned a couple things. Yes, yes, yes. Did I think about divorce? No. Did I think about murder? Yes, many times. But guess what? Janet and I made it 30 years, right? Has it been easy? Of course it hadn't been easy. But I slip up beside Billy and I try to, whatever the Lord has helped me with, I try to give it to him, right? Quit thinking you got to have a PhD to help somebody. People are dying for encouragement. Just encourage them. You can make it. Every time you see Billy, tell him with a smile, Billy, you can make it. I know you're married to Bridget, but you can make it. And then y'all slip up beside Bridget and say, I know you're married to Billy, but you can make it. I know you got seven kids, but God's going to help you. Right? So the Bible says this, that when we are baptized, Billy, I'm, and I'm going to go, but I'll keep, I mean, what I mean is we're going to hurry. But when you are baptized under the old covenant, they had to be circumcised in the foreflesh of their skin, right? The males did. And every male under them was now considered in the commonwealth of Israel because God looked at it as he was the leader of that home. And so they were under that covenant, right? Now we don't have to do that to be under the covenant. That was Old Testament. But the Bible says that when we are baptized, we are circumcised by the spirit and he circumcises our heart. And now he baptizes us into the body of Christ and we take up on his name. Now you have that name that can help you over self, over sin, over Satan, and over sickness. And you can use the authority of that name because now He's given it to you because He's not in contract with you. He's in covenant. And in covenant, He gives you His name. So Billy, I want you to take this hand and hold your nose. I want you to take this hand and put it right there. Billy, on the confession of your face, son, and the obedience to God's command, we now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. Come on, somebody. Let's rejoice. The blood. The blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the baptism in His name. Thank God for the body of Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, everybody. Let's give God praise in this house. Father, what you started in Billy, the good work that he started in you, son. 